Taste of Dragons Gaming Podcast. We eat sandwiches and play games. Taste of Dragons Gaming Podcast. A podcast for everyone's day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Taste of Dragons, the Toddcast, the video game podcast that all you squirrels listen to. This week, the forgetful genie is nuts and hit the immortal. The news is in live action. Our topic is into coupling. And our dragon this week loves showing a good story. Narrative designer, Shella Ramanan. And as always, I'm alone in the woods. Brian. And I'm thinking about permanently changing my name to Agent 47.5. But until then, my name is Troy. I've traded in my dragon for a platypus. And my name's Manda. I'm an amateur wannabe painter. And my name's Lewis. And I really like using the purple potion and the yellow potion at the same time to murder gods. My name's Joe. That sounds amazing. <laughs> hey, everyone. <laughs> In case you guys didn't know, we were on another podcast this past week. Oh, hell yeah. We were on Still Loading Podcasts. It was funny because we actually recorded it a while ago. Yeah, yep. yeah. It was super, super cool. We got to do like this James Bond text adventure game from the 80s, but it was almost spoken as if you were doing like playing D&D or listening to like a radio play. Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty gnarly. You could say that we're expert spies. I think we did a really impressive job. Still Loading was definitely very impressed with us. you're wondering how many people it takes to play one James Bond, the answer is four. That's like the minimum. That's (laughs) the minimum. Minimum. (laughs) Of course, yeah. One person to shake, one person to stir, (laughs) two people to kiss. Yes. Two kissing. Two two sets of lips. Uh, But if you get a chance, go check out Still Loading Podcast on whatever favorite podcast service you have. It's a lot of fun. It was. It was. It was a lot more fun than I, even I anticipated it being. And it was a blast. It was a really good time. But you know what? You guys want to get into our games this week? Oh, hell yeah. Let's do it. What are you playing? And you know what? I'll start us off this week. Uh, this week, I played a little indie gem from uh, something I've been looking forward to for quite a while. Uh, it is a little game called Nuts. <laughs> capital N-U-T-S. Nuts. Yeah. We first <laughs> saw this at, uh, what, E3 last year? Yeah. I believe so. And then I uh, I played the demo during the Steam, whatever it was, uh, last year. The Steam Indies, I think, showcase is what it was. And I played the demo and I fell in love with it. It came out this week. And so I picked it up and played it. It's only about like an hour and a half, two hour adventure. Oh, wow. Uh, it's not too long. Uh, but it's very like experimental. the The way that the the game looks is very shader based. Like it's all kind of like like a one or two toned type like Technicolor dreamscape. It's kind of Whoa. amazing. It's very cel shaded. But basically, what you do is you play as a character who is uh, who is new, and you go into the forest and you are tasked with um, just surveilling squirrels. <laughs> you are tasked with setting up cameras. And finding out where squirrels go at night. Do you introduce yourself to the squirrels like that? Like, hey, squirrels, I'm new. Hi, <laughs> I'm new. Yeah. <laughs> Why are your tails here. so fluffy? So you, yeah. <laughs> so you are like documenting these uh, these squirrels. Is this like an educational game? What's what's the deal? Um, yeah. So what you're doing is yeah. So so you so you show up in in the forest, and so late, so you get a call. Uh, so you go into a trailer, and you get a call on the phone. And she's like, hey, you know, uh, welcome. Uh, you're going to be surveilling squirrels. Uh, it's a job that I did, you know, 25 years ago. And so you're here to just continue it. We're trying to prevent a dam from being uh, built because we're trying to show that nature is still here and that they can't build a dam. And so what you're going to be doing is you're going to be tasked with 
uh, just uh, recording these squirrels, seeing where they go to at night. So you're going to be setting up a camera, going back to your trailer and hitting record and seeing what you record. So the, the premise is like, if, if you show people that squirrels exist here, then they won't build a dam? Pretty much, yeah. Huh. <laughs> These must be some very special squirrels. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> they are. <laughs> it was really good. Like I said, it was only about an hour and a half, two hours long, and I had a blast playing it. You don't know what's really going on because as you go along, you're just trying to follow the squirrels. And so when you do your first task, or actually I think it was your second task that you do, you follow the squirrels and the squirrel leads you to their stash of nuts. But along with that stash of nuts is a whole bunch of like TNT and explosives. Oh, there we go. Like, okay. What's okay. going on? All right. There's the hook. There's the hook. I was <laughs> yeah. like, okay, these squirrels sound great. Okay. They are murderous squirrels. They are... Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> this reminds me of that uh, Rick and Morty episode, I think, where like all the squirrels are yeah. spies, and you yeah. start realizing, and they like crawl up into the trees and start planning the attack. Did they destroy the world or something? I don't know. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> yeah planning assassinations right. in Israel and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but this game was amazing. I don't want to give too much away mm. because, like I said, it's only an hour and a half, two hours long. Fair. For me, it was well worth the purchase price because it is. it was 20 bucks, but I got a 20% off the first week it came out. So it was, you know, it was still like a $16 game, even though it was, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, but I still got my money's worth personally. Nice. Beautiful. I, I love the game. So yeah, that was my game. Nuts. And then what about you, Joe? What did you play this week? I finally finished Immortals Phoenix Rising. Whoa. Nice, nice Joe. Yeah, I, I think I put far more time into that than I should have. Oh, you absolutely did. <laughs> I was just roaming around like collecting pomegranates and making potions and things. And, and the gods would all be funny to one another. I'd be like, I'll help you out. And I'd go do some dumb side quest that I really didn't need to do. By the time I was done with the game, it, I was very, very, very overpowered. And if I used the purple potion and the yellow potion, it didn't matter what I did. The main bad guy took mere seconds to beat because, wow. like, like, in every it it had a really fun ending. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like I'm spoiling much if I do say what happened at the end. So, uh, kind of like last week, skip ahead about a minute. I'm gonna explain the end of this game if you don't want to hear the end. So, spoiler, spoiler alert is in effect. You help all the gods, and you do all their if you do all their side quests. Even if you don't, I'm pretty sure they help you at the end. Like, you get to the main bad guy, Typhon. He's like this giant Chernabog looking like Titan. Yeah. And he's got all these Hydra heads living off of oh, him. And he's yeah. got giant horns nice. and Ugh. six eyes. And like, yeah, you, you basically you have to climb Olympus, uh, Olympian Mountain, and then you fall into it. And then he's like, all right, yo, we're going to be friends or we're not going to be friends because I already tricked your brother into helping me. You're really upset at him. Why don't we do this? And you're like, no, I'm helping the gods. I told you I'm not here to kill them. I'm not here to do anything bad. I just wanted you to get off of this mountain and give them back their home. Stop turning them into chickens and stuff. And he's like, man, I really thought we could be friends. I wanted you to be like my right hand man. Like you're really powerful and awesome. There's this prophecy that's going on. And I really think you should totally be about this life with me. And you're like, no, I got to kill you. (laughs) And so you do this big fight. And yeah. each one of the gods, because you helped them, come in and help you along the way. Well, there you and go. So, like, okay. You beat him one, you know, you beat him a 20%, one of the gods steps in. You beat him another 20%, the other step gods. There's, so by the time you get to the end of it, Zeus is like, all right, I'll help you out this last little bit. He comes in and throws some lightning bolts, and you're like, you become a demigod, and all is right. Yeah, it, it, it's long story that has to go with that, this so is, that you have to This is like the reverse with, god of war. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> you're like friends with the gods you're helping them yeah. promote their status everyone's happy in the end <laughs> there's an actual pantheon oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Mm. by the end of it. The great thing about it is that all the terrible things we all think about Zeus when you read old Greek mythology or any kind of Greek myth of any kind, if you think about Zeus, he's a terrible, terrible person. They just point all of those things out constantly throughout the entire game. Right. And like they straight up and like they make him feel bad for it. And he's like, all right, I guess I was a really bad father. And it's like, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you were. <laughs> so it, it's kind of nice at the end for him to even pretend that Zeus could have had a good moment and been like, all right, I'm going to do the right thing for once. And he comes in at the end. He does. You do some good stuff. It's a glowy things and whatnot. And even to, to the end, when you go to kill the main bad, the guy, you decide you don't want to kill him. You're like, ah, we're just gonna leave him alive because it's really messed up to kill someone who's got God's blood in them. And like, it's not good. And the dude wind up poisoning himself anyway, so he dies. Oh, it's really weird. Wow. <laughs> wow. I feel like okay. I just watched a soap um, opera. Yeah. <laughs> that was. Woo. Yeah, right, right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There was people coming back to life. It was crazy. <laughs> but um oh no, really really fun. I was very I was I was almost sad though because if you do level up your character, I think more than not even more. If you just level up your character almost to where they should be like when you beat the game, you don't you really don't have a hard time at all. Yeah, I never mind that. If you put in a lot of work leading up to that point and then you stomp the the last person, then it's like, yeah, no, I I earned this like stomping. Uh, <laughs> I felt that way. Yeah. I felt like I earned it. I just, it was still easy. So yeah. I, it was one of those, I wasn't expecting that. Upside, the New Game Plus version of it has a new difficulty level called Nightmare. And I decided for poops and giggles, I was going to do it. And it's really horrible. <laughs> I have all of my OP stuff that I've got and it's awful. The so I'm probably is done. Real. I'm, I'm probably done. It's <sighs> real. Oh, it was. I was on level one garbage and I was like, ooh, those things are glowing purple and, and stuff. No, we're good. <laughs> we're good. I'm not going to waste my time killing that thing. I'm just going to walk around it. We're cool. We're cool. All right. Cool. Well, then that was uh, the end of Immortals Phoenix Rising. Four out of five sandwiches. Four out of five. Nice. nice. Solid. You know, solid. Nuts, 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 I would also give a solid four, 4.5 out of five. Because I got what I wanted out of it. Solid. And then uh, what about you, Lewis? What did you play this week? Uh, this week, I have continued my journey through Concrete Genie, one of the free PS Plus games of the month. I, I think I'm close to the end of the game. It's It's been an enjoyable ride, honestly. It's just super... It's just lovely. It's just a lovely kind of happy f- feeling game. Even though there's like some sad, serious moments, there are so many moments where you're just painting the entire town and kind of bringing it back to life through this magical graffiti. art. Yeah, through graffiti. Like, like through this, magic graffiti. Yeah, through magic graffiti. And you, you can create these beautiful landscapes or you can just make everything look dumb and silly. But <laughs> uh, I'm, en- I'm enjoying it a lot. And I got to a point where... The entire game has just been me painting everything and maybe like a couple puzzles, but not really puzzles, just like (laughs) graffiti everywhere. And then I got to a point where it's like, okay, now you're going to fight. I'm like, what do you you mean I'm going to, you just, I just spent like three hours just painting. Now I'm fighting, I'm fighting three or four hours and I know the game is almost done. Yeah. Yeah, in the final <laughs> chapter of the game, they give you fight mechanics, <laughs> like, which I think is great. It's like, so many games lead with the fight mechanics, and this one's like, nah, this is like a uh, little thing you put on the end. It's fine. Yeah, it's like, guys, the game's almost done. I know there's probably like maybe an hour and a half left. Maybe. 
<laughs> I mean, I guess maybe it's like, hey, fighting is like the last resort. Sorry, I've been watching a lot of Karate Kid. Uh, but, but in this, it's like, all right, you've gone through the game trying to not fight, and now it's like, all right, you got to save people or whatever. Like, yeah. it's time to do it by any, you know, any so it means makes necessary. Sense. Mind you, I would have been perfectly happy if never once were there any fight mechanics whatsoever. I was happy just right. painting and things coming back to life and bullies maybe learning lessons. But, you know, I guess I'm just <laughs> fighting now with my paintbrush. I mean, it's cool, whatever. I get to, like, slide around, too, and, like, yeah, some magic, like, magic stars. <laughs> <laughs> there, there had to be fighting. I, I heard on Twitter, and I think this is very true, that there are only actually three types of video games. Uh-huh. Either you're a shoot boy with a shooty gun uh-huh. or the game is oh, I see, this is really about depression. <laughs> or it's Nintendo, and that's it. Those are the only three. So <laughs> they, they were like, oh, this one isn't one of those, so we'll have to give you some fighting. <laughs> that's that's kind of funny. But I've, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. It's, it's good. I think I'll probably finish it within the next day or two, but yeah. I've, really, I've really enjoyed um, this journey. I probably never would have played it if it wasn't free. But, <laughs> but um, Sure, 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 hey. sure. Definitely enjoying it. Nice, nice. So that was Concrete Genie. And then what about you, Amanda? What did you play this week? I actually can't talk too much about the game that I played because like all walking simulators, uh, talking about the game would ruin it. Uh, <laughs> is I, I played a game called Before I Forget and it is a walking simulator. It's about a lady. She's in her house. She's walking around. And there's like a mystery. And I, I literally can't tell you any more <laughs> than that or or it will be entirely spoiled. Uh, visually, fine. it was really beautiful. The way that they did the art kind of melded into the type of story that they were going to tell. What is the art like? Is it 2D or more of a painted type deal? It is uh, first person illustrated. Oh, wow. Nice. Did not expect that. Very, very pretty. Uh, they do a really awesome job with the sound where there isn't sound in the beginning of the game, but after certain Kinda events happen, sound grows. starts to bleed in. Nice. Um, so beautiful music. Nice. Um, and you should play it. You should not look it up. You should not go <laughs> anywhere uh, and see anything because it's so much better if you don't. You don't find a lot of walking simulators these days. They're, they're few and not. far in between. I think I remember playing one called like Old Man's Journey or something that came out yes, years ago. I played, where you just I played that one. I played that yeah. one. Edith Finch is a walking simulator. Oh, oh! Is Death that Stranding a walk- is a walking simulator? <laughs> Wait, what is Death Stranding? Death Stranding is a walking simulator. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, <laughs> this game is not like Death Stranding. I, it I makes can't sense. Say that. I, I I was hoping that your description of the game would have just been so you're a lady and you're in the house and that's all I can say. <laughs> I can't say anything else. You should, <laughs> you <should go laughs> it's only six dollars, so even if you don't like it, like it's not the yeah. end of the world. It's one hour long, um, and it, it's it's beautiful. What did you say you're playing it on? I played it on PC. It's called Before I Forget. Okay, Steam. Yes. Awesome. Nice. Eric, if you want if you want a good laugh, um, you should check out their Twitter account. Because the game is called Before I Forget, it just sounds like they're trying to remember things every time they tweet about it. It's, it's like, great. Before I Forget releases on uh, Thursday. I was like, what releases on Thursday? It writes itself. Awesome. That's great. And then uh, lastly, what about you, Troy? What did you play this week? Hey, guys. I finished Hitman 3. Excuse me. ba 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 <laughs> Yo, this game is just James Bond. <laughs> this game is 100% a James Bond simulator. Uh, like, I, I, it took me a while to realize it. 
And then I was listening to some other people playing it, and they were also like, this reminds me of something. And I was like, all right, the game opens with you, like, like parachuting until the, the world's tallest building, and then you, like, you, you sneak into a closet where then you get dressed in a suit and then walk out in this white suit. I'm like, this is just James Bond. This is James Bond. <laughs> um, and all the level designs just kind of uh, attribute itself to be that way. And then I found out that last November, IO Interactive, who has made Hitman, has actually signed on for a game called Project 007. So this is this is not even like a question anymore. This is them just testing their next game out. Oh, for sure. So so you said you finished the game. Does the game finish with uh, Agent 47 putting on a a brunette wig? (laughs) (laughs) Puts on a brunette wig, adjusts his tie, grabs a martini, and is like, hello, I am Bond, James Bond. Cufflinks. Get some martini. This is actually James Bond's origin story is the Hitman franchise. What's funny about that game is that he's completely bald and never does he ever put on a wig. As far as I played the game, I never put on a wig. And not like a only comical wigs, right? He's, he's dressed yeah. up as a clown once and yeah, put on only like a clown ones, wig, but, but never that's like, like a it. wig yeah. to make him look real. And it's like, how can no one tell that weird, pasty, bald guy walking around? <laughs> if, if, if Agent 47 is really James Bond, that would forgive every time that James Bond explained that he was James Bond because Agent 47 doesn't know how to be human. So that's perfect. It's now perfect. You've just fixed all of James Bond. You fixed the canon. Did you have to go up against the evil Agent 43? <laughs> is that what? <laughs> you know, or 46 that guy. or 45. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the main draw to Hitman 3 is the level design. It's so interesting. Kid, it's like this this really tight open world that is like a, a clock and just has this machination to it that the more you play it and replay it and, and tug at all the threads, the more it really kind of rewards you. Um, which this also leads to my one critique of, of Hitman 3 is that there's not enough levels, y'all. There's just not enough yeah, levels. Really? How many? M- there are six levels, which is standard for, for each of the games. But right. one of the levels is like a really good thematic, like narrative level. It's not one of those big open sprawly things to which I'm just like, oh, but I mean, it's cool. But like, well, well, give me some more of the big, cool open level type yeah, things. Yeah, but what about the, the wine crusher that you can use to crush people in? Yo, what about- I destroyed someone in a, in a grape wine crusher. Just <laughs> boom. <laughs> oh, it was nice. so funny. It's one of those moments. That's where <laughs> Hitman shines the most. It's like could this work? Could I take them out this way? And then you do it not really knowing if it'll work. And then it works. You're just like, oh, oh. oh. And then no one saw it. And you're like <laughs> giggling like you're like you're like 12 years old and playing hide and go seek. The worst James Bond ever. He laughs yeah. after every kill. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's good. That's going to be an interesting vintage. I will see. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. The vineyard, uh, the murder mystery. Uh, the, there's one in a club where there's where there's literally like more agents in the crowd with you who are also blending into the crowd like they find such beautiful ways to play on the premise that that alone is worth the price to me is this just a club filled with bald men (laughs) (laughs) all bald men yeah and they're so well hidden that's just a club manda it's just a club yeah but like everyone's bald It is. It's a great way to like turn, flip the script. So great experience. I do think that it, you probably would get a little bit more if you played Hitman One and Two. There's definitely moments towards the end where I'm like, oh, this would probably mean more to me if I didn't just watch, you know, videos on YouTube to catch up story wise. Yeah. 
Um, but I still think it was worthwhile. Uh, I'm a little sad that you can't easily jump into Hitman 1 or 2 if I wanted to play those through Hitman 3. Like, you can access it from the menu. I have to buy the most expensive version of Hitman 2 to play Hitman 2. Literally, like, the $60 gold version. I can't just get, like, the $30 or $40 standard one. You have to get the $60 one. And I'm like, uh, I'm good. (laughs) Thank you. you. That's disappointing. Yeah. And I honestly think that if you really got into the replayability of these games, you have hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of really replayable content just with the levels they gave you. So in the end, a solid four out of five sandwiches, (laughs) just like the other two games (laughs) on this list here today. Nice. Nice. Uh, Amanda, did you have a sandwich rating for uh, Before I Forget? It's it's hard. I want to give it five out of five sandwiches, but they would be very tiny sandwiches because it's only an hour. Yeah, <laughs> little sliders. They're yeah. like finger sandwiches. You're having tea. It's a cucumber sandwich. Yes, absolutely. Oh, t- five yeah. out of five tea sandwiches. Hell yeah, tea time. What's up? Nice. Yeah, mine would be like little squirrel sandwiches because uh, it's also a bite-sized game. So it's, a, it's sandwiches for squirrels. It's like one sandwich, but four out of five bites. <laughs> yeah, nibbles. <laughs> yeah, nibbles. Yeah. I feel like sandwiches for squirrels is a great band name or like a really good yeah. name Hello, for a book or something. We are sandwiches for squirrels. One, two, three, four. <laughs> no, it's actually just a it's a blues band for some reason. Like. <laughs> Just a bunch of scouting. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for the games. Well, you know, let's go down to our news segment. News, 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 news. To begin this week's news, I forgot to mention last week, but Google made a big decision last week and decided to shut down all of their first party game studios for Stadia. What? There, remember that Stadia? I remember do Stadia? Remember Stadia? Yeah. Stadia? No, no. It was so popular. How could they? First <laughs> off, they had first party games. Guys, Second yeah. off, guys. I'm sad they closed them. What, Studio? <laughs> Stadia. <laughs> yeah, never heard of it. Stasta Stadia. <laughs> okay, upside, I can't wait to see what Jade Raymond does next. Yeah, right? It's Stadia's Jade not Raymond. done though, right? This is just like... It's not. They just... Yeah, they just shut down the first-party studio, so they're not making games in-house anymore for it. But the platform itself will still continue on. But it basically is just the first step of, you know. Yeah, come on, come (laughs) on. Everywhere I heard online, everyone's saying, please do not buy games on Stadia at this point. You're you're probably not going to have that (laughs) game for very long. No. (laughs) I honestly think that a platform like Stadia is the future of gaming where you can just play on anything and it's a service by itself. Uh, but yeah, they, they definitely made some moves to push technology forward, but we're just not ready they, for it. They should have partnered yeah. with an existing With an actual console. It. Yeah. Like yeah. people that know about video games. They didn't anticipate the loyalty. I don't think. I've heard a lot of people kind of complaining online about how, uh, both Google and Amazon, they're, when they dip their toes into things, they don't really know what they're doing. Right. So like they're, they're complaining that this big corporation tried to do something that was completely not okay to do, and, and they don't get why it doesn't work. And it's like, um, Google's just trying something new. They, they got more money than they know what to do with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. like they're... Yeah, they made the Google Glass just for right. funsies. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. So it's I, I actually don't mind them. The, I don't mind a big corporation taking a shot and showing people what it could be. I agree. And maybe some smaller indie studio will come in and like just make the most amazing yeah. version of that or make yeah. something that's more more actually user friendly, yeah. and doable. I don't know. Innovation is yeah. born from failure. 
Yes. Oh yeah, and it's oh, not yeah. like they like just took a shot in the dark either. Like they hired Jade Raymond in order to head this entire effort. Yeah. So yeah. she's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she is. But then now for some big live action gaming news came out this week. Jack Black, Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hart, and Jamie Lee Curtis have all joined the Borderlands movie that is in the works. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> that is a crazy cast. That cast yeah. is <laughs> I mean, the game's crazy, so I guess a crazy cast makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, 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 the game's got big personalities, and those are a bunch of big personalities. I feel like it's going to be they really easy are. for this movie to be extremely terrible, but I, I, yeah. Think, oh, yeah. I think that they could also do a really good job because yeah. it's so This so does wacko. not seem like a franchise that takes itself too seriously, right. and the casting is definitely leaning towards that, which is, in my opinion, a good move. 100%. Yeah, and the movie's going to be directed by Eli Roth. And the script's being written by the same person who did Chernobyl oh. for HBO. <laughs> wow. So my only fear is that, I mean, I think for Borderlands, like Borderlands 1 didn't really have much of a story. And no. 2, it's really spread out. So I guess you could just shrink it all down to make one movie. Is it still yeah. okay to blow up little people? Oh, there's a lot happen? of there's a lot of little folks yeah. in that game running yeah. at you. Probably not. I'm pretty sure they're going to change some things. Yeah, I'm sure they'll change some yeah. things. Uh, <laughs> I did find uh, also- it funny that they everyone thought that Kevin Hart was originally casted as Claptrap, and he was not happy <gasps> about that. Oh, that's very <laughs> yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, they actually casted uh, Jack Black as Claptrap. Uh, right, right. Kevin Hart doesn't realize I'm- what a compliment that that is. <laughs> Claptrap is the best he thing about these games. <laughs> oh. I'm actually hurt by that. because Not that I think that Jack Black is bad. After Jumanji, he's okay in my book. Yeah. But like... Man, Kevin Hart's voice would have been way better. <laughs> He's it. like, no, I'm going to play a man. A man, damn it. A big, strong man. Thank you. <laughs> He's actually going to be inside of Claptrap. That's actually what that's, it is. He's going to be the person who actually... <laughs> and then to not be outdone, The Last of Us HBO TV series cast their two main characters. Uh, the first being The Mandalorian himself, Pedro Pascal, will play Joel. That's and a big move. the worst witch slash Lady Mormont herself, Bella Ramsey, will play Ellie. That's the real winner right there. I didn't realize those yeah. were the same person until I saw that on the internet because I both watched The Worst Witch and Game of Thrones, and like her <laughs> at her characters and theirs are so different that I was just like completely uh, dis- disassociated. <laughs> her face being in both of those, I think oh. it's perfect. She, yeah. She's she's the right age. She's already proven she's a badass, and that Ellie's a badass. Like yep. I I I I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I had the opposite problem, Inda, when I read about it, and they kept saying who she was in Game of Thrones, and I couldn't remember who that was by the actress's name or the character name. I just don't remember. And then at some point, I saw a picture. I was like, oh, it's the worst witch. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I, I totally know who that is. I wish they had said that, and I would have totally know who we were talking about. Or Hilda. Yeah, she's Zoom. the voice of Hilda. She's the voice of Hilda. Yeah. Like, oh she's the that. voice of Hilda. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. She's amazing. I love that show. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's great. That's, I think she's going to knock yeah. it out of the park with Ellie. And, and for uh, Pedro, um, it's, it, hey, it's good casting. That guy is hot. He's like the hottest TV actor right now, I he, think. He's what? He's hot. Like he's, he's a hot actor. I don't mean like like busy. I mean, sure, he's attractive. Like I'm not saying like it's he's okay not. It's okay that you think he it's does. A, it's fine. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, <laughs> but like he's he's definitely a sought after talent right now. Oh, for and sure. And when I actually looked at like a side by side, I was like, oh, their heads are kind of shaped the same. Yep. 
Also, oh, yeah. they kind of have the same head structure. It's a very strange comparison. <laughs> I didn't realize it until I saw it side by side. I've only ever seen him in roles where he has, where they always give him an accent. Always, 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 always. Some kind of Spanish or his, uh, like Latin accent. So I assumed that was his normal voice. Right. Just well, Mandalorian oh, yeah, yeah. changed that. I didn't. I have never seen Mandalorian. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. So then I looked up an interview and I'm like, oh, he doesn't have an accent. Okay, cool. Just a normal guy. Just a normal. <laughs> they just give him one because he looks Spanish. Well, that is problematic. Well, no, he's he's Chilean. He is. He yeah, is he's from, from Chile. <laughs> but give him an yeah. yeah, but I'm excited. And then, uh, I'm for excited. some true. Yeah, save, save, save. Now for some news that Troy will like. Ratchet and Clank ripped apart. Got a release date. Yes. and it's going Woo. to be coming out June 11th. Nice. Oh hell yeah! And uh, they also announced that it's a PS5 exclusive. So <laughs> yeah. sorry, PS4 users, you will not be able to play this one. Man, Ooh. let's get our elitist swag on. Hopefully, you have more content out by then. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Nah, I want uh, it to just be us. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on to this as long as possible. We're going to get so much hate mail. When the peasants come uh, marching with pitchforks, I want them to remember (laughs) which one of us wanted you to get your own PS5s, which one of us. They're going to come up to your door like, we heard you guys have two. (laughs) (laughs) Give us the one that sings the most. (laughs) (laughs) And then... uh, you know, let's let's go for some out of left field news. Uh, you guys know the singer Post Malone, right? I you know, do. The guy with all the face tattoos and whatnot. Yeah, yeah good um, artist. He's going to be putting on a concert, and what concert will this be for? It's going to be for Pokemon Day in conjunction with actual Pokemon itself. Whoa. <laughs> okay, so it's a performance. He's not like making a song for Pokemon. Is he going to redo the no. the, the poker no, rap? No, he's just <laughs> the gonna do rap? the Yo, the nineteen nineties Pokemon song. Like word for yeah. word, note for note. Both are perfect. Both are perfect. Yeah. Give me one of each. Squirtle both. and Charizard, Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> and you can actually watch the concert on Pokemon's official YouTube and Twitch channels oh, wow. starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on February 27th. Yeah, I'll watch that. Yeah, they actually also released like a 30 second trailer just for, you know, like announce the announcements. And it's amazing. It's only 30 seconds long, but it, it's so worth it. This is great because Post Malone is, what, late 20s, early 30s or something? So, like, he's... He was born just before Pokemon came out. He's 25. Okay. And Pokemon, this is twenty Pokemon's 25th anniversary. Right. So, he's the, he's the perfect age for it to mean, like, a lot to him. Absolutely. So, I, I think that's beautiful. Absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. And then uh, for some sad news, CD Projekt Red has uh, some more woes this week as hackers were able to get access to internal files, including the source code for Cyberpunk, Witcher 3, and Thronebreaker. Uh, CD Projekt Red have stated that they are not dealing with the hackers and won't give any money to them. They're just going to deal with the fallout. They're like trying to hold them ransom. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? I mean, at this point, how bad can it be for for themselves? Like, they've already been dragged through the mud. How badly? (laughs) At this point, so release the source code. What's it going to do? Someone's going to fix it? Yeah. Like, (laughs) really? (laughs) Yeah, they're actually hoping. (laughs) You're like, maybe someone will fix this game. I'm not even trying to throw shade. I actually really like them. I just feel like it's just... I dare you. I double dog dare you. Go ahead. Try and make it worse. If that happened, if they released the source code and then the internet went in and fixed that game, that would be like, oh, oh my gosh. The best? Yes. Oh, man. 
Oh, way so to funny. turn that in. Made it make made it like make lemonade out of that lemon, Joe. <laughs> 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 yeah. I feel bad for them. I yeah, do. I know, I know. Don't, it's pretty, it's yeah, pretty don't, terrible. Don't, don't hack game companies, even if it's fun. The, yeah. the, the worst yeah. part is I think they gained a lot of information about the people working at the company. Yeah, that's, that and that's like double not, sucks. That's yeah. not cool. Uh, they're not 100% sure if they have access to that information or if that was a part of a it because they haven't released anything like that. But it has been suspected that that might be it. And finally, uh, we're going to end this with some funny news. Uh, as this week, Super Nintendo World had some videos going up of the internal of it. You know, people had you it's know, so cool. video of people walking around inside of it. And uh, people discovered that there's a cactus in the park that, you know, is actually modeled. But it's actually based off of a fan game. What does that mean? <laughs> a fan game? So a fan game. So so in case you guys don't know, Nintendo has been actually really critical of any fan games. It's uh, games that are made by fans that are based, like they use the sprites of Super Mario or okay. they oh, okay. you know, they base it on the, the technology. You know, it's a mod of a game or something like that. And they almost always cease and desist those games they almost right before oh. they release or as they release. Right. So just like copies, Nintendo, like yeah, yeah, clones Yeah, yeah. Nintendo whatever. is very protective over its uh, copyrights. Right, know, right, over right. Its, over that type of stuff. So it makes it pretty interesting that they actually used an asset, or at least, you know, Universal Japan used an asset from a fan game was, to make something in real world. Was wow. this a mistake? Did they not own yes. Mario Brothers? Like- <laughs> so, so the thing is, so they do own Mario Brothers, but this is a sprite that was made specifically for a fan game. And the fan game was actually called Newer Super Mario Brothers That's Wii. That's a great title, <laughs> number one. That's yeah, a great they nailed title. it. And, and, so, but this is and not a mistake. Is, this is intentionally like them making a nod to... No, this is definitely a mistake. This, oh. so, 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 there are so, so, no. so many designers working when you create a park that I'm sure someone was just exactly. like, yeah, I, I looked at Mario and this is the thing that came up and I wanted to use this cool cactus. And- oh, wow. Yeah, so we Damn. figured it out. So, so if you looked up, I think it was like Super Mario Brothers brothers we cactus if you look that up the first image is of the fan games cactus because it's a very distinct like very angular cactus and so that exact cactus is inside of universal or super mario world they should keep it i think they should keep it and just have it be like a lesson make it into a learning lesson need to pay the man who designed it because they don't have the rights to it and then Mm. they should keep it (laughs) i guess it gets very iffy because it's also a you know a game that was based on other intellectual property. Yeah, they stole it to begin with. It would be wise of them to find the creator of that fan-made game and yeah. give either credit or give money only because ultimately that person can now see indeed them, even though right. what they made initially was off Nintendo. If it's not the actual picture of it, like the, you have to prove in court essentially that you were you were paying homage or it's a parody. I I don't know how Japanese law works like that, but I I'm fairly certain it's way worse than it is here. I'm just yeah. saying, if you made it's the point that you can't use our stuff because we made it, then you can't use their stuff because they made it. Fairs is fair. <laughs> fairs is fair. Is fair, is fair. <laughs> sure. <laughs> also, side note: I saw a bunch of videos today. Today, actually, this morning about the Nintendo World. Did you know? That their magic band type thingies. There's a Daisy band. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's great. great! It blew my mind. Hell I'm yeah. so excited. New life goals. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we got to get ourselves over there somehow. We do. That's Someday. the dream. Next year, we're talking Brigaders and all of us. Let's all do it. Yeah. Oh, damn. Taste of Dragons on tour? I mean, <laughs> Dragons on tour? Oh, my God. <laughs> dragons. Oh, Dragons abroad. Dragons abroad. <laughs> all right. So, uh, you know, that'll do it for this week's news. However, 
You can always find us online. That's right. Make sure to check us out at twitch.tv backslash Taste of Dragons. We are five dragons on a podcast and six dragons on Twitch. And we each take a different day of the week and do our own unique program that is filled with, you guessed it, our own taste. So make sure to check us out at twitch.tv backslash Taste of Dragons. Also check us out on Instagram at Taste of Dragons, where you can keep up on what we have going on on Twitch, on the podcast, and anywhere else. And we also put some fun uh, quizzes and uh, and questionnaires in there. You can really interact with us and uh, kind of have a little back and forth conversation with the dragons throughout the week. But the fun doesn't stop there. You can also head on over to Twitter at Taste of Dragons as well, where my good friend and wife, Mandy, she takes care of developing a relationship between indie developers in the community. That is also indie. This week, Mandy, have you come across any games that you could share with us that you'd like to highlight? I do, and I'm and I'm super excited. This is probably the third or fourth time that I've mentioned this game, but their Kickstarter starts in two days. So I'm going to talk about it again. Is uh, Prim, the adventure game about Death's Daughter that is all in black and white. It is in the style of Tim Burton, and it has like a story like Terry Pratchett. And uh, the demo came out two weeks ago. Well, it is coming to Kickstarter in two days. So if you want them early Kickstarter prices or some of those rare Kickstarter rewards, then two days from today, which is Sunday, uh, is when you will be able to do that. Yes. So check out Prim. Prim. That's right. Get out there. Support the indie community. That is where the true innovation lies in video games. That's where you're going to get the weird, cool stuff. So uh, <laughs> and our, our uh, Twitter account is a good gateway to, let, to educate you on what's going on in the indie world. So follow us there. That's Twitch. That's Instagram. And that's Twitter. At the end of this podcast, we will be highlighting a special comment from our Twitch channel this week. The comment may be yours. So keep listening to find out. If you'll be honored at the end of this uh, podcast. But until then, back to you, Brian. Well, thank you guys so much. Now that brings us to our Mighty Morsel Tasty Topic. Mighty Morsel Tasty Topic. And this week, Troy's going to be bringing it to us. Hey, y'all. Valentine's is today. Oh, at least when this podcast comes out. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, such good feelings and mushy love and all that. Uh, so we want to take a look at love in gaming. That's right. We want to like look at some gaming couples that may have meant something to you, relationships that you've had in games, if the game was that type of game, and really kind of think about what made it work, what does, what makes it not work. Um, I could say one couple off the bat that I think does not work, and that would be Mario and Peach. I just think that I mean, <laughs> I mean they got their own thing going on, and that that's fine, and if it's mutual. That's okay. But if I learned something, and that's in Mario uh, Super Mario Odyssey when they were both trying to marry Peach at the very end of that game. Peach is like, uh, no deuces, you guys don't just get to choose to marry me. Give me some space. It just seems to me that Mario and Peach need some more uh, communication skills, more than just a letter every once in a while. That's that that that's all I'm saying. But yeah, what are some other relationships that have meant something to you in video games of any type? And uh, what, what has made them work for you? So, you know, I'm going to go with also a relationship that doesn't work. Oh, um, okay. And that is Final Fantasy VII, Cloud and Aerith. Oh. All right? Like, that relationship is never going to work. <laughs> it's not anybody's fault. It's, however, Cloud reminds Aerith of Zach, Zach Fair. Right. The reason being because all of Cloud's memories are Zach's. Like, he's completely messed up in the head. So, of course, he reminds her of her. 
he's basically is him. Right. <laughs> yeah, that seems unhealthy so, from the start. That doesn't yeah. seem like, yeah. oh man, it didn't work out because you're having this problem. It seemed like, no, I'm not over my ex-boyfriend and I'm only dating you because you remind me of him, which doesn't seem like a That's great, not great foundation either. for and, a relationship. And she says that. Yeah. Like, she says that. <laughs> she is very transparent about it. <laughs> yes. And so, like, that's a relationship that I think don't think would ever work because A, Cloud's never going to live up to Zach. B, Cloud doesn't know that it's Zach that she is thinking of. She just knows that it's her ex-boyfriend. And so it's it's just flawed from the start. It's never going to work out. But I do like their dynamic, just not as a couple. So that's that's my that's my input on this. I'm going to go with one that I actually really like. And it was something that I was I was very appreciative of while playing it. So while playing Uncharted 4, I I really, really, really fell in love with Ellie Fisher. Even though I, I know she's in the other games, I just didn't. I don't know what it was about about her in the other games. It didn't. I didn't know that she would actually really continue being with Nathan Drake. Seeing them married, playing a PlayStation game together, yeah. and like having some like legit marital problems while he's like being untruthful and running off into the, the to the sunset with Sully, and then like she's there in the middle of the game and she's like, "Hey, you've been lying about everything. What is going on?" And they have like some like legit like hardcore conversations throughout it where I'm like, this is so actually really nice to not just be like, oh, look, they're in love or, oh, no, she's been kidnapped. Time to save her. Right. I was so upset in the point in the game where I thought she had died. I was like, I cared more about her than I cared about <laughs> Nathan Drake. Like, like I was so upset at what was happening to them. And they're such a great team. They they communicate well. Like, I, I really appreciate that relationship being not all sunshine and happiness. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, being very communicative and very, it was just very nice. There was compromise there that, that an accountability I think that really made their relationship work for me. As yeah. Well. I'm going to yeah. go with a silly Let's... one. I want to say the two old people from King's Quest, the new version of King's Quest, is their, their life goals, man. They're like old <laughs> and they, they run basically like a magical joke shop together and they're both kind of angry at each other in like that classic old people, I love you kind of way. And that's just, that's just everything you want. <laughs> they're basically uh, a nicer version of that scene from Princess Bride. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah, the Billy Crystal character. Yeah, have fun storming yeah. the yeah. castle. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you were mentioning them, that's what—that's immediately what my mind went to. I was like, it was Princess Bride and them too. <laughs> but they're great. They solve all your problems with jokes. <laughs> uh, Max and Chloe from Life is Strange, the original one, is probably one of the most like bombastic uh, couples for me because uh, that is a choose-your-own-adventure type game. And it goes from just kind of like a flirting romance to kind of like, no, we're kind of in this for real and like bad things are happening. And it comes to a point where you could, uh, spoilers for Life is Strange 1, you literally have to choose between the town and her. Uh, I don't know if that's a good <laughs> relationship. You make a lot of decisions based on influences that have lots of negative repercussions. Yeah. All I'm saying is ride or die. I chose her and like hell broke loose and we're yeah. riding off into the sunset. I and was just like, Any yeah. relationship where thousands of people die is probably not... Most likely, it wasn't, all, it wasn't all my fault. All right, there, there it's, it's a little flawed, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just how strong the bond was. Uh, yeah, Chloe and Max, yo, uh, and I, I, I love them. I love them. I guess I have to go with a game that I loved growing up: uh, Kingdom Hearts, Sora mm-hmm. and Kyrie. Wait, that's a that's a relationship? I thought they were just friends. No, well, they're you know totally what? A that's thing. fair. 
friend, friendship, friendship. I mean, they're never together, so they're, they're never together. They haven't been in the but, same physical space in like thirty years. Even but though there's they don't always age. like a connection there, <laughs> and uh, there's always like they they can't go farther than ever hinting because it is Disney affiliated. They're also like twelve. <laughs> yeah, right. but, by, well, not, but not no, for the whole no. Series, right? By they like the, by the second game, yeah. they're no longer twelve, and by the third game, definitely yeah. not twelve. They're fifteen, Manda. Oh, yeah, sorry. Manda. <laughs> you, come on, fifteen in Kingdom Hearts two, and I think like seventeen and three. They do not look seventeen. I will uh, give you like thirteen and a half at maximum. In Kingdom Hearts three, thirteen and a half. Yeah. No. I can't imagine what? Sora shaving. Like, no. No. I didn't say he grows facial hair. I just said That'd he's be 17. 17. You got facial hair. You got you got you got hair all over the place. Just because you up. have a beautiful beard, Troy, does not mean we can all grow that facial hair, okay? <laughs> I was 35 when I could grow beard. <laughs> But, but yes. uh, what about what about Sora and Kyrie uh, uh, clicks? I don't know. The relationship was always something that that was kind of the point of the journey. He was always trying to find his way back to her in some kind of way. And mm-hmm. just that constant connection of him always kind of fighting for her. It's very kind of Mario and Peach-esque, honestly. But um, yeah, so it's just, I guess, the journey that really kind of made the relationship kind of memorable in my mind. Yeah, it didn't work obviously because well, they were never together for longer than two seconds. But <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you all for going down memory lane. Shout out to all the lovebirds out there, and uh, shout out to all of our other favorite uh, gaming couples: Guybrush Threepwood and uh, Elena. Elaine, sorry, yeah. Yeah. who uh, just just a relationship founded in humor. Yeah, Plunder Bunny. Oh, hey, Plunder Bunny. <laughs> Shout out to Geralt Rivia and... Yennefer. Uh, Yennefer of Venderberg in the game version. You that's... don't get to choose Triss. That's not... Triss is not the right option. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay. Triss is not, Triss the, right is not the right option. No. <laughs> but I like Triss. Triss is great. Triss is too good <laughs> for Geralt. Uh, he deserves Yennefer. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Actually, you're not wrong. He kind of does deserve her. So that's that's fair. There's a, there's a lot of there. And the way they structure like a whole mission arc just based on their love in that game that like comes to a, a very interesting, uh, poignant conclusion is, uh, I think, just magical. And it sums up so much the relationship. I'm all nice. for it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that topic, Troy. Thank you so much for bringing it to us. Happy, Happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day! So that will uh, end our mighty morsel, tasty topic. Now that brings us to our dragon of the week. I do, I do, I do, I do. It's the dragon of the week. Oh, it's so sweet. It's the dragon of the week, and it is neat. Dragon of the week. Dragon of the Week is a chance for us to shine a little light, show a little love to a person, a company, a um, anybody who is affiliated with games in even the smallest capacity. We would love to show our love to them. And this week, Manda's going to bring it to us. I am. And this week, I'm going to do something a little different. We have a tendency to talk about the, the big people who have been in the industry for, for a while. And I, I did my best to find someone who is brand new. Um, also... In alignment with our previous theme, we are going to continue to do uh, Persons of Color in honor of Black History Month. Happy Black History Month, y'all! Woo! Woo! 
So what I did to find my video game is I went to the internet.com and I looked for games made by persons of color. And the one of the first names that came up was the game that I talked about earlier, before I forget, the interactive visual novel. Mm-hmm. And that game was created by Cello Romanon, which is my dragon of the week. So oh, that's who I'm going to be talking about. Okay, okay. Cella began her video game career as a freelance writer for The Guardian and the BBC, where she focused on diversity in video games and the lack of representation of people of color. She also engaged in numerous speaking roles, including a 2009 speech at Adventure X, where she discussed the role of Black Panther in the Afrofuturism movement. I'll explain that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say. It's like, wait, what? She already uh, sounds way too smart for me. Like, I'm like, I'm barely holding on. Like, wait, what? Uh, her TED Talk-like presentation touched on numerous topics, including the role of black characters in video games, from harmful stereotypes to complete erasure. Uh, Chella highlights the lack of representation in the media today. And um, I will talk a little bit about Afrofuturism, but I am not an expert. I would highly recommend that you just go to Google and type in Chella Ramanan uh, Adventure X, because her presentation is about 35 minutes, and it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, basically, she's talking about when we make current media, there's very little representation for people of color, but that representation actually diminishes when you make films or TV shows or video games about the future. So things like cyber mm -hmm. futures, things like space future, there's almost never uh, people of color oh, in those genres. Yeah. It, they have a tendency to either not exist or to be replaced by aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like Avatar. Yeah, like Avatar or Mass Effect. They had the Angara, which were all yeah. all blue people, all voiced by people of color. Right. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Uh, we'll, we'll drop a link in the podcast description to this speech. Yes. So everyone is listening to this. It's amazing. As if championing one group of underrepresented people wasn't enough, Chella is also the co-creator for the indie game Before I Forget. It is a walking simulator that highlights the struggle of individuals living with dementia. Released in July of 2020, the game follows the story of uh, Sunita, a woman living with early onset oh, dementia. Wow. Now I understand the title. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the game was playtested by medical professionals, and it's almost as educational as it is entertaining. I watched an interview where she spoke to a doctor, uh, and he said, uh, and I'm almost quoting, that um, he understood more about his patients with dementia by playing her game than he did actually treating them. Wow. Because it, it's it's wow. told from their perspective, not his perspective of them. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, in this game, the player inhabits a 3D space and experiences uh, Sunita's story in first person. They watch as the room slowly fills with color as Sunita recognizes objects and photographs only to lose color again as time passes. The locations of objects and locations change, giving players a sense of confusion and frustration. During one convention, Keller recalls an attendee asking her what they could have done in their playthrough to win, to which Chella replied, with dementia, sometimes you don't win. Uh, Damn. So that tells you that this game is perfect for Troy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where's the Kleenex? Where's the Kleenex? I need one. Uh, Chella's goal for Before I Forget was to broaden the idea of what video games can be. So it should come as no surprise that Kella is also a co-founder of POC and Play, an independent diversity organization built to increase the visibility and representation of people in color in the video game industry. So to unpack all of that, Chella is an award-winning nominated writer. 
who supports underrepresented groups, helped develop a video game that educates others on mental illness, and founded an organization to promote diversity and inclusion in video games. I cannot think of anyone more deserving of the title of Dragon. And, and, and surely they're like, what, 65, 70? You know, they've definitely made I all this happen. Don't right? know her exact age, but I think she's in her 30s. Okay, well, good night, everyone. It's been good. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go uh, do more with my life. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps the most exciting piece of news is as of this year, Chella is now working for Ubisoft as a narrative designer for Massive Entertainment. And with the introduction of Chella and other talented persons of color, I cannot wait to see what Ubisoft will be able to achieve. Or perhaps I should say, finally include. Right. Right. Nice. <laughs> with all of yeah. the, the negative media that Ubisoft's been getting about persons of color and females, for them to hire her, I think is a wonderful step forward. And I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's it's nice that that through like the the horrible missteps that a lot of these big companies have been making, that they can start making decisions to move in the right direction. And it's it gives me hope for those franchises and for those companies to get on the right foot again. So that that is that is very heartening to hear, and it sounds like uh, she's going to knock it out of the park. And that was Chella Ramanan. It's always better to have different perspectives on on pretty much anything. It doesn't matter what it is, especially when it comes to video game developments, because you never know what what somebody will think up or what their life experiences are. It's it's always it's always better to have that. Agreed. Gosh, I really gotta start looking at more uh, sci-fi movies with black people in it. <laughs> I gotta find them. I'm gonna find them. Yeah, there's a watch them promote them yeah. something. Yeah. What is it? Red nice. Red Planet right. with Ice Cube, or uh, was it Mission to Mars? Like... There's there's better. There's there's better than that. <laughs> there's and better. If you haven't had an incentive enough to listen to her Adventure X speech, she does a bit about um, the five categories that uh, people of color fall into with video games. This is hysterical because like every character you can think of falls in one of these five boxes. It's very sad, but also very funny. Oh, <laughs> good. I will definitely watch that later and play that game. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like um, uh, people of color in comics. They're either super strong or super smart. Yep. And that's it. Like for the most part, really? <laughs> like 98% yeah. at the very least, 98% are one of those yeah, two or, or both. Or their origins are kind of racist. Exactly. Yes. exactly. <laughs> the origin is based on them being in prison and doing something criminally wrong. Yeah. And oh, then my gosh. Because, oh, it's 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 crazy. It's insane how Ugh. often those three things are what makes a black superhero. It's not fair. Yeah, absolutely. Man, the 60s. Oof. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish I could say it was just the 60s. If only. I really <laughs> if only. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Uh, well, you know what? That will do it for this week's episode. However, we still have our comment of the week. And I do believe you're the one who's going to bring it to us, right, Brian? Oh, I am. That is very true. So our comment of the week comes from former comment of the weeker, Free TMG, who says, Hey, imagine being the other person in that relationship. When they bring you a pile of nothing but cream filling. And that the context behind this <laughs> is... Uh, that sounds weird. <laughs> by itself. That sounds weird. Okay. I just want to say that I appreciate Freed and his... Agree I agree. Can you imagine being the lucky person who gets to have all the inside filling of an Oreo when your oh. wife hates the inside filling and she meticulously and carefully gets rid of all the inside cream of an Oreo, piles them up high, and then takes a picture and puts it on the internet for her friends to tell her she's a monster. <laughs> I just want to say, <laughs> I am that monster and I love 
the idea that for multiple days this week, I it's been pointed out how weird it is that I take the insides of Oreos out of Oreos. But if Brian's around, I give him the insides. So Freed literally wrote down what happens normally to them. I just happened to do it to an entire package of them earlier this week and didn't give them to anybody, and I threw them out. But that's just not the point. Oh, no. <laughs> the point not, is that... <laughs> not to deprive Brian of his pile of sugar, but I think Nabisco makes chocolate wafers. Not the same. I, I is don't it? know. Are they the same as Oreos outside? I think Nabisco makes Oreos and also chocolate wafers. You know what? We can are test this out. Just saying, let's, let's get both. It's worth it an experiment. And and test this out. See if they taste any different. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I, I think it should be called Oops All Cookies. <laughs> uh, Oreos edition. <laughs> but I appreciate you, Freed. And I appreciate everyone who has brought it up this week because it is a very fun story to have to explain. Oh, it's a very polarizing topic. It is a very <laughs> polarizing. It's, very it's just a picture. How to eat Oreos. If you, if you check out our Taste of Dragons at Instagram, you'll find a link to Joe. It's the picture of just the pile of, of naked Oreos. It, it does make you look twice. It is glorious. <laughs> it is. Oh, they are naked. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I never thought of that. I know. It's obscene. Goodness! Oh my goodness, they're they're indecent. If, if that was a sandwich, it would just be, it would be without the bread. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> That's Those are naked sandwich. sandwiches, though. I mean, like <laughs> the lettuce is covering enough. I mean, it's just the cream. They're <laughs> they're unwitches. Garbage anyway. Who needs that? Yeah, unwitches. There you. you go. Boom. All right. Well, you know what? That brings us to the end of this episode. So, as always, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. Amanda. I'm Lewis. And I'm Joe. And we are. The Taste of Dragons. Have a great week, everyone. All right. Send me your cream next time, Joe. Send me your Oreo filling. Taste of Dragons Gaming Podcast. A podcast for everyone's taste.